It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Uh, Are you enjoying your fall break if you have kids in school? Are they driving you crazy? I know a lot of people get out of the area, but uh, not everybody gets that opportunity. So uh, we're still here. We're still talking about what's going on in sports. Big game tomorrow for Utah State football. Opportunity to build upon the success they got at uh, at home against Air Force last week. Now they got to go on the road and try to do it again against a team that's uh, really uh, if they Colorado State won last week, but they feel like a wounded animal cornered that can be kind of dangerous. Uh, if Utah State's not careful, this Colorado State game could get out of hand a little bit. Um, I'm not overly worried. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like overly concerned. Like, my gosh, this is a trap game. But it would be possible for Utah State to overlook Colorado State a little bit based on the struggles that the Rams have had this year, all the player defections. But they just got a, wi- a victory. They got a win, a little taste of what it means to, to win. And they didn't get that at all, really, last year. And got it for the first time this year. And they're like, hey, Guys that want to be here, leave. We're going to play for each other. We're rallying around each other. We're going to play for each other now. Uh, kind of a different mentality for Colorado State. Kind of reminds me of where Utah State was just a few weeks ago after their loss to uh, Weber State. But I see Utah State ahead of the Rams on this current trajectory and similar script, and I still see Utah State coming out victorious. Yeah, I'm kind of the same where I think Utah State's going to come out with the victory, and I think they're going to have probably one of their best games of the season. We just saw them have probably their best game of the year last week. I think they can top that um, both in what we see on film and also what we see on the scoreboard. Um, I will at no point ever again say I'm not worried about such and such team after watching Utah State lose to Weber State. <laughs> uh, I can never go back after having that happen to me. I'm I'm emotionally scarred by it, having such a bold prediction get smacked back in my face like that. So I, I will not say Utah State is guaranteed to beat Colorado State, um, but I'm very confident. Okay, so we got a lot of score predictions from our audience last hour. We didn't share ours personally. If you still want to weigh in on that, then we'll still take yours. 435 but, uh, Jason, how do you see this game playing out tomorrow? You just said you're confident in the Aggies, and it uh, looks like it could be their one of their biggest games of the season. So how do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think offensively they're going to move the ball pretty well. I think they're, again, going to focus a lot on moving the ball on the ground, um, potentially more rushing yards than passing yards. I could see Cooper Legault having a 300-yard passing game, maybe, it's more on he might have that if they have a, a couple of really big pass plays 
where they have some quick drives where like he throws a 60 or 50 yard touchdown pass. Because I don't think he's going to get much more than you know 20 to 25 pass attempts. But even so, like he could have his best passing game, maybe not the yards. But he'll probably have his best passing game. They'll move the ball a lot on the ground. And so they'll do well on offense. And so I have them scoring 38 points on mm. offense. Defensively, I think the defense is going to rack up tackles for loss. I picked the over on, you know, I think I set the line at eight and a half tackles for loss on our pick six. I picked the over. I think they're going to rack up tackles for loss and sacks. They're going to be in Colorado State's backfield all day. It's going to shorten drives. It, it's going to make things difficult for Colorado State to really sustain drives and get touchdowns or points against Colorado State. You set the line at nine and a half. Nine and a half. And, I and still, you still took the over. I still took the over. <laughs> yes, because uh, Colorado State, they uh, they average 9.8 allowed per game. That's their average. So And, and against a team like Utah State, their defense is almost designed to get tackles for loss and have those big plays. Feels like they're going to be doing that uh, all game. And so that's going to limit their ability to score points. I think they'll probably still get a couple, maybe a couple big plays, um, get down the field, maybe get some field goals. So I have the Colorado State getting six points, so I have the final score at 38-6. to six. Mm, Okay. That's why, that's why a lot of people, they're pitching like 10, 14 for Colorado State. I'm going full-on single digits here. Just with how bad Colorado State's offense is and the way it can play into some of Utah State's strengths. Fair enough. Um, I uh, like Utah State for a lot of the same reasons that you do. I, I feel like this is a, a, a quarterback, offensive line, running back, wide receivers that has momentum going and they're going to get Brock Lane back, so we might actually see some tight end action on Saturday. Uh, I feel like um, this is still a team, Utah State, that feels like it's trying to prove something, not only just to themselves, but to the outside haters who doubted them strongly earlier in the year. And look, you and I last week did not predict a Utah State win. Uh, Both of us predicted that Air Force would win. So... They're, this is a team that feels like they still have to prove a lot to a lot of people, and us have been included in that. Um, so I think this is a team that's going to go out and try to prove to themselves that they can do a lot of different things on offense and move the ball up and down the field. So I've got Utah State at 42. I think they actually eclipsed the 40-point mark. Uh, I think that they've shown that they can score and they're getting better at it. Uh, they scored on every drive pretty much they had against Air Force, and I think they're going to be able to do that with uh, a little bit more impunity against uh, Colorado State on Saturday. On the other side, I think the Utah State defense gets after it, creates some turnovers, and some of those scores for the offense will be on short fields because of turnovers created by the Utah State defense. I don't know if the defense will score, but I wouldn't put it past them that uh, the way that they will have opportunities against the Rams. But I do feel like Colorado State might squeak one through and find the end zone at some point during the game, plus a field goal. So I've got Utah State 42, Colorado State 10. I think it'll be tough for the Rams to move the ball. I think they'll be pretty ineffective. Uh, but there may be a time where you know that Utah State secondary is not perfect, and they do have some players who are still there and uh, they may still make a, a play or two that gets them into the end zone. There's always a rule, or at least there's always one play, where they, just in every game because it's so hard to shut teams out in so many cases. I mean, Alabama only shut Utah State out because 
they decided not to kick a field goal because they got that block punt and whatnot. So yeah, but both of us predicting wins by wide margins uh, on the over under on the game. You would be taking the uh, the under, and I would take the over because the over under is forty five and a half. I'm barely on the under, <laughs> barely, but you're there. Which, if it's an eleven point spread, they're fairly optimistic about Colorado State there. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. And the I think uh, maybe just some skepticism about Utah State and the SP Plus. They had the point margin at eight points. So, still a lot of pessimism for Utah State, and justifiably so, considering we've seen one really good game from them out of six. So, we're all kind of going based off the fact that we're saying this latest game is the real Utah State, um, whereas maybe they're going based off of the product as a whole, which there's some merits and some not so much merits to that line of thinking. Right. Yeah, that's a fair question. Like, we're... Who is the real Utah State? The UNLV version? The Air Force version? The BYU version? The Weber State version? (laughs) So we, I don't think we know. Each game has been so different in different ways that um, one game a season does not make, nor a trend. So we'll see what happens on Saturday to see kind of how this team is moving along. Yeah, but hopefully they look really good because they're playing a really bad opponent. And so you want to look really good against the really bad opponents because <laughs> yes. at least it means you're a decent team on most occasions. By the way, I forgot to mention this earlier in the week, but um, I, I follow some uh, some accounts on social media that talk about you know different viewership data for different sporting events, and they put out their weekly numbers for college football uh, the other day from last weekend. And Utah State was uh, the Utah State Air Force game was the highest rated Mountain West game, uh, at least or games involving Mountain West teams, I should say. It was also an FS1. Yeah, so that's probably why <laughs> that probably helped. Yeah, it probably helps a lot. But uh, what was the numbers like? Over four hundred thirty thousand. So you know, not a bad number. It's pretty good. Pretty solid number. Uh, the the highest rated uh, game in all of college football was the Alabama game, and that was like over seven million. But uh, so everyone always watches Alabama. Yes. Well, Alabama, Texas A and M. There was a lot of hype leading into that game. Was well, hype around every Texas A and M game because Texas A and M is the most overhyped team in existence. <laughs> second to hype machine. Second to BYU, and third is Boise State. So. Uh, nine three one five texting in. Can we blame Jason for the jinxes with Weber State game? Yep. <laughs> Look, I I also picked Utah State by a wide margin over Weber State, and we weren't the only ones. <laughs> no, we weren't. It, we were it's not awkward. the only ones. It's kind of awkward because there was a, there's a oh, I forget who's it's one of the NCAA national reporters. Like he's tweeting out, you know, games that teams have won when favored by double digit points. And Utah State's on that list somewhere in the top 10, I think, because they've won 20 straight games or something like that when favored by 10-plus points. And it's a little awkward to see Utah State on that list because there's a game that they should have been favored by a double, you know, Weber State, but there just wasn't an actual line on that game. 
because otherwise they would have been favored by double-digit points, and they lost. Yes. So it's just kind of awkward saying, like, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm curious to know how the line has moved for Utah State in their game against Colorado State just because of the... Uh, the, the, the transfers and defections and, and players quitting if on the Rams. If it's moved all in Utah State's favor? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see here. It opened with Utah State favored by 8, and it's now at 11. So it moved three points. Which that's a big is move. pretty considerable considering how these things work. And given the fact that it's at Colorado State and usually you spot the home team three points, uh, that's that's considerable movement. That's that's a giant movement for an, an, you know, an opening line to just move that much. And you usually only get that, which in the, in the situation it's kind of this, where you have a major injury or something. You know, usually it's a quarterback gets injured and suddenly the line shifts a ton. You, you get that sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, a, a freshman quarterback starting, a key defensive lineman transferring, key defensive back transferring, uh, another defensive back transferring the week before, a wide receiver transferring, another wide receiver transferring. And you get a transfer, you get a transfer, <laughs> you get a transfer. Everyone from Colorado State gets to transfer. Wow. Unreal. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Utah State. They're going to uh, going up against some some guys that are going to be motivated to play for each other. I I, I get that, and that's great, uh, and you know that that's important. But they're also going up against a bunch of guys who will not be as skilled, not as experienced, and Utah State. I just think will be hungrier coming into this game and uh, come away with a nice double digit victory. Yeah, they have a chance to make a statement with this game and to prove that they really are back. Because I'm sitting here wanting to believe in this team, and I've made statements kind of in the sense that I do believe in this team now and that I think they're suddenly back, but there is a part of me that's holding back from just believing this team's suddenly going to go to a bowl game and they could maybe contend for a Mountain West title. I'm really holding back all of that because I'm, a, I'm usually a pretty big wait-and-see guy. I don't like jumping on bandwagons and saying, oh, this person's the next this or this team's the next that. I wait and see. And usually that makes me really late on some takes. <laughs> you know, I, I sat on Patrick Mahomes for a while because I was like, okay, is he really going to be good? Turns out he is. And, and there's other examples. But, you know, I, I was sitting on Joe Burrows, like, okay, is he really that good? And even this year I was sitting on the, on the Cincinnati Bengals. It turns out maybe that was a good idea because they're not doing so hot. But – so like I, I had that kind of mindset where, okay, maybe I see a bit of a breakout, but I want to sit back before I start making real proclamations of, okay, now they're going to go out and just kill it. want to wait and see a bit more of a trend. Because I'm a guy who looks, I tend to look at historical trends, and so I want to see trends of data that support future predictions. And if I don't have enough data, I don't make predictions. So at this point, you know, the most data I have says Utah State's a bad team. But I'm seeing the beginning of flipping that trend, so I'm going to sit and see if there's more data that comes through. 
They said if Utah State kind of lays an egg here, then I'm going to start. I'm going to throw out the Air Force game as an outlier, and say, all right, this is still a mediocre team. This is still like a four and eight team. But if they come out and they just smack Colorado State and just obliterate them, demolish Canvas Stadium on their way out of town, okay, maybe this team for real has turned things around. Yeah, I'm with you. We we still don't know what this team is. Because every game has been so different. We haven't seen a consistent play or just anything the same from one game to the next. Maybe you could say the Alabama-Weber State game was there had some similarities in pretty, those two that, games. That was pretty consistent, <laughs> just in the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, but those those two games were you know, played out kind of similarly. Struggled on offense, gave up way too much on defense, and uh, with with two back to back losses, blown out. And so, other than that, though, each game has been different in different ways. So we don't know really what Utah State is still. Great, they put a good together a complete game against Air Force, awesome. But do we really know? Are they back on track? Was that a one game fluke? Yeah, they put together a complete game against New Mexico in 2020. That meant jack squat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, talking about Mountain West Conference games coming up, as we mentioned, Utah State, Colorado State, 5 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, we'll have the KVNU game day coverage simulcast here on the fan starting at 3.30 and uh, kickoff at 5. And then as soon as the game is over, we'll be back on the air with KVNU Aggie Call taking your phone calls and your texts. At 6 o'clock, New Mexico is at New Mexico State. No national coverage for that one. Air Force at UNLV will follow the Aggie game on CBS Sports Network. Air Force favored by 10 in this one. Both teams coming off of a loss. Uh, San Jose State's at Fresno State, 8.45 p.m. on this one on FS1. Uh, does it, isn't that a trophy game? Which one? San Jose State and uh, Fresno State. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe it's Fresno State and San Diego State where they have like an oil can or something. If somebody's got an oil can, my favorite one is uh, the Fremont Cannon, the UNLV Nevada one. Oh, yeah. It's really frustrating that Utah State has a traveling trophy with Wyoming, and it's a fifty caliber uh, rifle, or supposedly 50, I don't know if it's actually that, but it, it lists its caliber, and it was, it was ridiculously high. I don't know if the gun actually fires, but... You know, it's a freaking gun, and it's somehow not the coolest trophy in the conference. <laughs> yeah, the the old oil can is Fresno State and San Diego State. Yeah. But, yeah, there's some cool trophies in this conference. The yeah. oil can is not one of them. <laughs> that's, that's not very cool. But, yeah, a freaking cannon, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, 9315, Colorado State sounds like the new name for a Dr. Seuss book. You get a transfer. New Dr. Seuss book called You Get a Transfer. Yeah, no, it's more, um, he already has a book on this. It's Oh, the Places You'll Go. <laughs> That's his book on Colorado State. He's already written that book. It's already out. <laughs> it's already available. Uh, then to wrap up the Mountain West schedule tomorrow night, it's a late one. Nevada at Hawaii. No national broadcast of that with a 9.59 kick time with that one. Uh, Utah State gets a uh, late uh, start later on this season 
Ah, it drives me crazy why Hawaii doesn't do earlier games. But uh, it is what it is. Because they want, they're in on that Hawaii after dark. Tether, whatever, or the Hawaii you're challenge. You're only going to get a Hawaii audience for those games. Like, why not try to get at least a Pacific time zone for some of those games? Because they don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, after a long day of watching college football, what's better than it being like 11 o'clock and you're realizing, oh, wait, there's still college football going on. Or if you're I- on the East Coast, it's midnight. <laughs> yeah. Let's start a new game. It's like, it's like what if, what if it's like you're, you, you know, you've gone through a good day of college football and you're like, I don't want it to be over. And you realize there's something left. Yes, it's Hawaii, New Mexico, but it's still football or whoever you know, whoever Nevada. Plays. Yeah, this week is Nevada, but you know, Hawaii, New Mexico, like maybe a, it's a horrible matchup. Two awful teams. I guess this year it is a pretty bad matchup. It is a bad matchup. It's even worse than normal. But you know what? There's some intrigue on this one. To be fair, I mean, Timmy Chang was on that Nevada coaching staff for quite a few years. He used to be an outstanding quarterback at Hawaii when he played. So I mean, there will be some intrigue. In that game, late tomorrow night. That only takes you about midway through the second quarter when you realize both teams are punting yeah, the ball back and that's forth. that's true. Or Exciting through the open and maybe the first few drives, then you're like, ah, then, okay, then it's once, time to go to sleep. Then once the announcers have stopped milking it for all it's worth, yeah, then it's, then we go to bed. <laughs> all right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, Utah State women's basketball. Where are they predicted in the upcoming Mountain West uh, preseason poll. And how does Coach Ard and some of her players, how do they feel about it? We'll hear from them. They met with the media earlier this week when the uh, Mountain West kicked off college basketball media days for women's basketball. And uh, Utah State men's basketball has their media day next week. But where are the uh, uh, Aggies predicted to finish this upcoming year? And how does Coach Ard feel about her new team this year when new is definitely the right word to be used. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. 
The best girls soccer in the state is being played right here in northern Utah. On Saturday, top-ranked Mountain Crest hosts number nine Logan, while second-ranked Ridgeline hosts seventh-ranked Skyview in the 4A girls soccer playoffs. Both games will be video streamed with live play-by-play -play on Cash Valley Daily, Saturday afternoon starting at 1. It's the Mustangs versus the Grizzlies and the Riverhawks versus the Bobcats, Saturday at 1 on CashValleyDaily.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Did you know there is a store in Logan where you can confidently use your HSA or FSA to buy the medical supplies your family needs? I'm Zach at HSA Depot, where you can conquer your health care. Celebrate National HSA Awareness Day this Saturday at HSA Depot and receive a free $20 first aid kit that you can use in your home, car, or recreational vehicle. Come in this Saturday, October 15th, between 10 and 2, for a free first aid kit at HSA Depot, right next door to Jay's Jungle. HSA Depot, five-star review. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles on their lot, starting at around $20,000. You can check out their website for current inventory and pricing. Make sure you follow them on Instagram for current promos and events. Every lot or every truck or SUV on their lot is unique and it's been customized. So go check it out. 615 North Main in Logan. Uh, Utah State women's basketball, part of the uh, Mountain West Media Days for uh, upcoming women's basketball season. And Kayla Ard, head coach for the Utah State Aggies, coming into her third season, has completely overhauled her roster. Like, there was, what, what, two or three players on this roster from a year ago? Maybe four? Yeah, I think, uh, so Kinley Falslev, who's actually Kinley Falslev Wikizier, or Wikizer, I think. Wikizer. Wikizer. She married, I believe, someone on the the men's team, or was on the men's team, I think. You think he was a walk on the team last year. Okay. But I don't think he's on the roster this year. So, Interesting. At least that's the last name of somebody who was on Utah State's basketball team last year. I don't know if there's a direct correlation or not. <laughs> um, so she's on the team. She's a former uh, Green Canyon guard. I, the most notable thing I remember from her was when she hit 10 three-pointers in a quarter. Yes, a quarter. That, One that, single quarter. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. It was crazy to watch. Um, and then I think, I think Olivia Wickstrom was on the team last year. I can't remember for sure, though. And then, yeah, those are the two names I can maybe say were on the team last year. But, I mean, I, I kind of checked in with this team in April because they were signing a few players. And I was like, all right, what's this next year going to look like? Because I was expecting there to be a lot of turnover, a lot of new transfers. They've been kind of doing this song and dance for like five years now, predating Kayla Ard. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Finkbeiner was doing it the last few years. Um, and, you know, I kind of did the same thing with the men's team, and then I checked out from both of them for, like, the entire summer. Didn't check back in on either team really all that much. Did some initial deep dives in the new players that came in. 
So I wanted to see who they were, what they might bring. So, you know, Tamaya Robinson was somebody I looked into, and then um, Mia Yelder was another player I looked into a little bit. And I didn't check back in. And when men's basketball came around, they had that scrimmage, so I checked back in about a week before, started looking through things again, get back familiar with the players. Well, nothing had really changed. Uh, same players, same coach. I didn't really have much catching up to do. I was able to kind of hold everything else I'd held in store since April and just kind of bring it back to the service and, like, re-remember some of that stuff. Well, today, um, you know, just going back through, they're, they're going to have, like, the Aggie Madness with the women's team. That's coming up soon. They had media days. So kind of today I was beginning to jump back in women's basketball and started by scrolling through the roster again. And I scrolled through it, and I was like, who's that? Who the heck is that? Who's that? Oh, I remember her. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? Oh, okay, that's one familiar name. Who's that? Who? Like, seriously, the entire roster. So, like, while I got away with not checking with the men's team for five months, I really should have been keeping tabs on the women's team because so much kept changing, and now there's, like, five players I now have to go back and do what I did for, you know, Tamaya Robinson and me. Yelled, like, I got to go in, look at the stats, look at some film, and, and all these things, and get familiar with players that I don't know much about. So I've, I've done basic surface-level things to talk about maybe for this show, but I've really got to dive into some of these players, and I'm kind of excited because uh, there's some there's some potential with some of these players. Right, and uh, they can be kind of intriguing, right, to uh, you know, bring p- new players in, transfers, and new recruits. Uh, it is a little surprising that there was such a volume of new players at Utah State, but uh, Coach Hard. Kind of liked that challenge of putting together a completely new roster this offseason. I think when you bring in um, basically a new team, which which we did, um, I don't know that many people get that opportunity after they've been a head coach for two years to kind of get a clean slate to start over again. You know, for me, been a huge learning experience for two years going through the Mountain West, learning a lot as, as a first-time head coach. And so I felt really lucky to kind of get to start over again, um, to be completely honest. And so um, these kids that we've brought in are – they're fun – they're fun to be around. That's that's the first thing I think of when I think of them. We got some really good talent. Some of them have surprised me. You know, I recruited them, so obviously I thought they were good enough to help us, but some of them have really surprised me with their talent level. And just the way that they've all came together with their team bonding, with their um, chemistry on and off the court, they're just a great group of kids. We don't we don't have drama. We don't. I don't want to say we don't have problems. Everybody has problems, of course, but we just they're just fun. We're having a good time with them, with our staff, with the team. But uh, if you want to break down anybody um, specific, I'm happy to talk about any of those transfers coming in specifically. If you guys have anybody that you'd like to discuss, I'm happy to talk about them. Yeah, and uh, there were a few that she did uh, highlight, but there's there are a lot of new players on this Utah State roster. You know, some of them who were standout players, not just on their previous teams, but in their conferences, uh, but a lot of new faces, and trying to rebuild the culture here at Utah State. And as... Uh, you know, with so much turnover, it, it, I guess it's not too much of a surprise that in the preseason poll, there wasn't a lot of faith put in Utah State. And the Aggies were picked 11th, dead last, in the preseason poll for the Mountain West uh, women's basketball. And Coach Ard says she's happy to be there. We all knew we were going to get picked 11th. We knew that. We knew that were coming, and we love it. We're excited about it. The team's excited about it. The staff's excited about it. That's exactly where we wanted to be picked. So we're, we're um, it's a group of people that all have something to prove together, and so we're just excited to get rolling um, and, and see what we can do. 
And she wasn't the only one who was excited about it. You can tell this has been a topic of conversation among this basketball team, its staff, and its players because uh, after she was done, Christina Oliva uh, met with uh, the media as well and kind of echoed those same sentiments about being happy, being picked dead last. Um, To be honest, I couldn't be more happy that we're placed 11th. I mean, we're a brand-new team, so anything that's happened in previous years – we don't really care about because we haven't been here. So um, bringing in 14 new girls, I mean, we have two people from last year, so I'm sure that they got some revenge in them for sure. But I'm just ready to prove people wrong. This team seems happy about being picked dead last, Jason. I don't know if I've seen somebody so excited about being uh, disrespected like that in the in the preseason poll. Well, that's the attitude that the last year's football team had. They were, you know, they, they weren't happy about being picked pretty far down the list. I can't remember if they were dead last or not dead last, but they were pretty low. Yeah, they were they were down there far, and they were, you know, they were ready to prove people wrong. And the first year Craig Smith was here, they were picked to finish like ninth or something, uh, which is pretty close to last. True. So there's teams that have taken that to heart. Uh, a few years ago, San Jose State, they were picked to finish last. Curiously, they had one first place vote, but that one person who looked like an idiot turned out to be right because San Jose State went on to win the conference and were a really good team. Um, so it's kind of interesting with Utah State. Um, a lot of unknowns. Pretty much their entire rotation is going to be new players. So you you kind of have to just... You kind of want to go based off the past, but you almost can't because they could just be the best. Totally team. fresh start. Yeah, they could just randomly be the best team in the conference because you don't know. Um, and, you know, picking them last makes sense based off the history because in the last three years, one of those three years obviously not being uh, Coach Art because he's only coached two seasons. But over the last three seasons, they're 23-62. and 62. They've won barely a quarter of their games. In conference, they're 9-45. and 45. Little, little over 16% of their uh, conference games won. So there's a reason. Justified placement. Yeah, there, there, there's a reason they're down there, and it's because and, – and in years past, they've had these times where they cycle in a bunch of transfers to try and get that one-year turnaround, and it hasn't happened yet. And each year I've been increasingly optimistic that it's going to kind of start because I've been thinking that you just need that one really good recruiting class in that one good year. And that begins the cycle of bringing in good players over and over. Well, one of the things that was pointed out by Coach Ard is that um, really there were two big takeaways for me listening to the, her, her press conference and even what was echoed by Oliva, uh, uh, Oliva is that this is a team, a coaching staff, because there's changes on the coaching staff too this year, but this is a, this is a squad overall that's trying to improve its culture and – is relishing the underdog mentality uh, and trying to um, you know, prove everybody wrong. And when done right, yeah, that, that can be great fuel for a squad to go out and prove a lot of people wrong. It, it's been proven time and time again to be very effective uh, motivational tool. But even though there are only like two players from last year's roster that are still here, they're are a number of experienced players that will be wearing Aggie jerseys. 
and Coach Hard talks about them and some of the, uh, the the experience that they have and and influence that they can have on her team coming up this upcoming season. And like you said, you know, she was a very, very good player in the WAC. Maria was, and we have a lot of those. We have a lot of kids that have um, accolades from their conferences that they were in. And so there's a lot of maturity out there. There's a lot of IQ out there um, that they coach a lot of the stuff before we even have time to fix it. They fix it. So it's, it's fun to watch them out there and, um, see how smart they are and and see how educated they are in the game of basketball with their experience that they've had and then to mix the younger players in with them it's it's just really fun to watch them um, out on the court every day and, and watch that so we have a lot of experience that definitely like I said starts with Maria but we have several fifth year kids that are definitely going to contribute this year that are going to be out there a lot for us um, you guys I think are going to be saying their names quite a bit so we're excited to have all those girls so uh, even though there's a lot of new faces, there's uh, that that roster doesn't lack for experience in, uh, in in importing players who played significant roles on their previous teams, and against some decent level competition coming to Utah State. Yeah, it's it's a lot of junior college kids. Um, they do have you know the UVU transfer, so there's been leadership there, but a lot of it is junior college, and. So there's the thing of will that transfer? Uh, will they be able to be as good? We've seen plenty of junior college people, men's and women's, be able to make the transition and, and be stars. Even you know they show their stars in junior college and they come to Division One and they in their stars. That transfer does happen. And we'll just see if it works for Utah State, and we'll see if she, that if Ard can pull all of these different players from all over, you know, all over the country and fit them together into a cohesive unit because. Obviously, talent matters, but you need to be able to work well together. We've seen teams that have all the talent in the world, but they can't work together worth crap, and they end up failing because of it. One of the interesting and curious things about this roster is that it only has one player from the state of Utah on it. And Coach Hard kind of talked about that, that uh, they they need to start winning games more to be honestly become a more attractive option for players in the state of Utah to consider come first the chicken or the egg I think we got to win more to get the the kids out of Utah that we want that we can win with here because I do think you can build it locally I think there's a lot of talent in high school and we want to to do that in the state of Utah Um, we would like to start there we haven't had a ton of luck with that yet but Um, I think it will get better as we stack more wins together and we put more winning seasons together. I think that that improves. So, yeah, uh, winning helps. Certainly it does. (laughs) Winning helps a lot of things. But uh, I just, I wonder if that's saying, you know, we just haven't been an attractive option for the the players in the state that we'd like to get. So we have to go elsewhere to find them. I don't know if Utah State is exactly a hotbed of really good you know, basketball players in general, there's not a ton of guys that come out of Utah that are really good basketball players, boys or girls. There's probably a little more for boys. I know there was one girls basketball player here in the Valley played for Logan. I'm suddenly spacing on her name. Um, Karchner? Yeah, Karchner. She's really good. Yeah, I think she's going to BYU. Yeah, she went to BYU. She's one of the best uh, girls basketball players I have ever seen in my life. You know, three-level score when she's in high school. So it was, she was really good, and Utah State couldn't get her. Granted, being as good as she was, it was kind of natural that she'd maybe go a little bit above Utah State, even if Utah State was a good program. 
probably would have gone to just a bigger school because she was just that good. More from Coach Ard and uh, Oliva and their reactions to you know the, the preseason poll that came out, uh, reacting to how things are changing at Utah State, some of their uh, thoughts about the upcoming season. It's all ahead coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.E. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to seneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young drive young hey it's jackson with mountain west motor we love the cash valley thank you for all of your support since we opened in february every one of our rigs is built for your adventure we invite you to stop by at 615 north main when thinking about a new rig at mountain west motor we have ford broncos ram trx's but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20k check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com and for news and events follow us on instagram at mwmotor.co mountain west motor built for your adventure Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North, 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Um, I can definitely see that things have changed around here. I mean, she's built such a great culture, and everybody on this team is all in. Every coach is all in, and, I mean, we really have something to prove this year, so everything has just been positivity. So uh, a lot of talk about culture change at Utah State with their women's basketball program. 14 new players on the roster this season, Coach Ard. Talked about some of the lessons that she's learned as a young, relatively new head coach, trying to improve how she operates as a coach, how she interacts with her players and her coaching staff. This, uh, I think, is an important season for her. 
to really kind of show if if that's really going to work out. And there's a lot of talk, but to coming into year three, that's when you really start to see what a coach is all about. Because the first few years, you're dealing with a lot of the other regime's players and some of the hangovers from uh, what was in place before. But, I mean, this is a completely <laughs> fresh start in uh, year three for Coach Ard. So uh, really interesting to see if it plays out. Now, I-, I like the attitude about us against the world right now and having an underdog mentality being picked 11th and uh, go out and show people they're better. Uh, but to some degree, I can understand why they were picked 11th. They this, The history shows that that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, and this this will kind of be a make or break year because if Coach R doesn't really turn things around, then you know, you know, her seat's going to get a little hot, and it may be time to move on. Um, and it's it's kind of harsh, you know, when you come into a situation like Utah State, it was not a good situation for coaches. It's one where you're almost set up to fail, and it takes a very special coach sometimes to turn things around. But if she's able to get that one year. Then again, that sets up recruiting where you can get some better recruits. They, oh, here's a this is a good team now, and they'll go there. And then it's it's a self fulfilling cycle, um, just like you know where Utah State was. It was a self defeating cycle. You have to find players who are overlooked, and that can be really hard to do because there's not that many of them. You know, there's not that many people who are diamonds in the rough. You don't find them just laying on the ground. Right. And so you got to get lucky. You know, Craig Smith when he came to Utah State, he found a diamond in the rough in Namiash Keta already kind of had one in, in Sam Merrill, so he, he had two diamonds in the rough at Utah State. So he got pretty dang lucky, and Kayla Art's trying to find that same luck, and if she finds it, then she can turn things around. She can have some great success here. Uh, but you just got to have that one year, and hopefully this is it. Strangely, you know, it, it's a um, very unpopular opinion probably. It was really exciting, and it was fun because I was going after players – that had a chip on their shoulder that other people had passed on or that didn't have um, the opportunities that they wanted. And, and, you know, people are sleeping on them or hating on them or whatever you want to call it. And I wanted to take a chance on them and they wanted to take a chance on me. And so we have a very, very, very unique bond, something I haven't had here quite like this yet. Um, These, these kids just, they want to be here. They want to play for me. I want them here. I want to coach them. Um, You know, I got that same opportunity with a new staff and it's a, that was kind of the pitch. Hey, you earn it. The playing time's there. There's no spots that are guaranteed to anybody. And um, if you want to come in and, and fight for it and play with that chip on your shoulder and have that underdog mentality, um, that's that's what we sold. Right on cue. Jason cues that up uh, perfectly. <laughs> Wasn't even trying. <laughs> you didn't even know. But I do remember that because I listened to the press conference. I was actually prepared for some of this audio. I'd heard it. So. Which is usually rare. A lot of times when you play the audio, I've heard it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Utah State women's basketball, uh, no players on the preseason lists uh, for players, no uh, accolades for the team coming into the season, picked dead last, uh, and a lot to prove. And you know, that's kind of where they've been. And uh, with such a big roster changeover, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of questions about this team. I love the attitude that I'm hearing but we got to see, you know, how they come out and do this because it's it's going to be a pretty challenging non-conference schedule for them too. Yeah. So, and it's kind of the opposite because usually they've had a fairly easy non-conference schedule. They've usually come into conference with a good record, 
and then get beat up in conference, which is Mountain West's been a pretty good girls basketball or women's basketball conference, excuse me. So we'll see. They're challenging themselves, and if they do do end up with a good record, then this would be a really special year. All right, coming up next on the Full Court Press, a look ahead to the weekend. Some great games in college football, the Major League Baseball playoffs, and the NFL all putting together a pretty exciting weekend. Uh, for uh, if you just want to sit on your couch and enjoy sports, this is a great weekend for it. We'll talk about that and preview what's on the schedule coming up next on the Full Court Press. The best girls soccer in the state is being played right here in northern Utah. On Saturday, top-ranked Mountain Crest hosts number nine Logan, while second-ranked Ridgeline hosts seventh-ranked Skyview in the 4A girls soccer playoffs. Both games will be video streamed with live play-by-play on Cache Valley Daily Saturday afternoon starting at 1. It's the Mustangs versus the Grizzlies and the Riverhawks versus the Bobcats Saturday at 1 on CacheValleyDaily.com. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10 is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Oh, the Phillies are pulling away from the Braves even more. They now lead 9-1 in the top of the ninth. Cleveland beat New York earlier today in extra innings. In the 10th inning, they pulled away 4-2. And later tonight, 6-37 on FS1 as the Padres hosting the Dodgers. Uh, Tomorrow, Phillies host the Braves at noon on FS1. 2 o'clock on TBS, the Mariners hosting the Astros. Guardians hosting the Yankees at 5.30, and Dodgers have the late game on FS1. Uh, In San Diego, Dodgers at Padres 7.37 for that game to get started. So a couple of these games tied at one apiece. Uh, Houston leads their series 2-0. So kind of an interesting start to the uh, divisional series in Major League Baseball. Which one I wasn't paying attention. I just did. Overall, it's been an interesting start. Pretty close. A uh, bunch of interesting college football games tomorrow. Uh, you've got uh, a number of top 
10 ranked teams facing each other, or at least top 15 ranked teams facing each other. Uh, you've got Penn State at Michigan, 10 a.m. on Fox. You've got um, Alabama at Tennessee, number three Alabama at number six Tennessee, 130 on CBS. Number eight Oklahoma State at number 13 TCU, 130 on ABC. So a lot of interesting games, and certainly one of uh, uh, a little more local relevance, number 20 Utah hosting number seven USC. How do the Utes rebound after a tough loss at UCLA last week, 6 o'clock on Fox Saturday night? Yeah, it will be interesting. I'll be keeping an eye on some of these. Unfortunately, I'll be busy most of the day with uh, other sporting events. But definitely be keeping my eye on some of these some of these really big college football matchups. Utah, by the way, favored by three and a half. Yeah, interesting. It'll be interesting to see if if USC really is back, or if you know maybe they're not back. Yeah, the biggest question is how does that Utah defense rebound after really getting lit up in the second half against UCLA? Yeah, they've kind of been proven to maybe a little overrated. There are people thinking they are maybe a dark horse playoff team and. That's just not the case. No, it's not been the case at all. Uh, but the NFL weekend, we had the game last night, which was another low-scoring affair. Game of the week, baby. 1920s NFL right here. <laughs> Actually, it was higher scoring than some of the 1920s NFL were. A lot of those games were like 6 nothing, or 0-0 in some <laughs> cases. Uh, but aside from our game of the week Thursday night football, uh Probably the two biggest matchups are kind of later in the day. There's uh, Buffalo-Kansas City, probably your marquee matchup. Mm, yes. Uh, insert AFC championship game preview comment here. You know, that kind of thing could very well be the a- the AFC championship game. Uh, then you also have Dallas and Philadelphia, Sunday night football. Uh, big matchup there. Philly's still undefeated. Dallas slowly chugging along with uh, Cooper Rush. Uh, not in any rush to bring back Dak Pres- <laughs> Prescott, <laughs> but um, uh, Cowboys four and one, yeah. and they're undefeated away from home. So it, it it'll be an interesting matchup. I mean, people are talking about Cooper Rush supplanting Dak Prescott, and anybody with a brain is laughing at that. But you know, Monday night it'll be the Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, yeah, but preseason Bills? that was an exciting sounding matchup. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's eh. yeah, true. But Bills and Chiefs, there's a lot of attention on that one. This That's really um, – well, Cowboys-Eagles is a premier game, and that one's the other one. But the Bills are favored by 2.5 at Kansas City. Uh, Philadelphia favored by 6.5. That game is on their home field. Yeah, and I think I saw some of the – this is like the first time Patrick Mahomes has been a home underdog in his career, which is pretty insane. Um, but yeah, that that's a huge match because Buffalo obviously they've not really been able to get over the hump against Kansas City. They may have beaten him in the regular season, but you know in the playoffs, that's been tricky for them. Buffalo has been really good for a while, and they're trying to get to the Super Bowl. You know they have arguably the best quarterback in the league. They just haven't made it because Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are just <laughs> always there. That's true. Uh, by the way, this text came through just a little bit ago six eight zero four. Not to get dramatic, but in order to have 14 new players on a roster, does that mean anybody that was on the team lost their scholarship? I don't know how that all works, but that's interesting. A decent amount of the players were kind of one and done in terms of that was how much eligibility they had. So they're kind of one and done players. Some transferred. But I think I think there were a lot of graduations on the team. It wasn't so much everyone transferred. I think there were a few that did that. 
but I think a lot of them were uh, graduating players. Right, and the the transfer rules are going to be changing here soon, where if you're going to uh, sign a transfer player, you have to commit to the entire financial aid through the course of how many years of eligibility they have. So that becomes a little bit more tricky on who you sign as a transfer player. That's going to do it for us tonight. Have a great weekend, everybody.